Hello, I'm Emma Louise Coffey and you're welcome to the Dairy Edge, the Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. As part of Breeding Week, dairy specialist George Ramsbottom gives advice to ensure heifers are at target weight for mating start date and strategy to exploit herd genetic gain. And first, George speculates on heifer rearing performance, such as calving at 22 to 26 months of age. When we look at kind of national statistics, uh, it's, you'd be shocked to discover that for every 100 heifers that are born in any one year, only about 80 of those dairy heifer calves will themselves calve down at some point. So there's a there's fairly significant wastage there. Around 20 in 100 are, are never make it into the milking parlour, which, which is quite a lot. And I suppose the other thing you mentioned there is about two-year-old calving. Well, we're not scoring particularly well on that, on that uh, remark either, in that uh, while we target two-year-old calving, the average age of calving in spring, in spring calving herds is somewhere between 26 and 27 months of age. So we're, we're probably calving them on average later than is really desirable as well. That wastage figure um, that you refer to, George, is massive. You know, 20 out of every 100. What are the main contributing factors to that figure? So some of it is um, mortality. You know, mortality rates aren't any higher than they are anywhere else. But the other, the other factor that, that really drives it is, is heifers that fail to go in calf during a confined breeding season. And I suppose what's driving that to a large extent is maybe less than optimal uh, mating management and maybe suboptimal uh, live weight at the point at which breeding starts. And if the animal is below its target weight at the start of breeding, it'll be slower to become reproductively ac- active. It'll maybe either breed later in the calving season, in the breeding season, or maybe won't go in calf at all. And that, that probably accounts for a lot of the problem out there. It's, it's suboptimal performance of, of our replacement heifers uh, during the, the rearing phase of their life cycle. When we think about key focus areas for pre-breeding in cows, we're looking at resumption of cyclicity and also looking at, you know, good body condition score. You mentioned target weight in relation to heifers. Can you put some numbers or percentage targets um, for heifers? Okay, well, the core, the core figure, Emma-Louise, is that our heifers are at 60% of the mature body weight at the point of breeding, at the point of the start of the breeding season. That's, that's a big target to achieve. But we know from our research that when they achieve 60% of their mature weight at the start of breeding, they have a much better chance of going in calf during the breeding season. And that 60% mature weight is driven by, primarily by the genetics of the heifer. So if you look at the maintenance subindex component of their EBI, you can see what the heifer's maintenance subindex is. And we know that there's a, lean, a linear inverse relationship in other words, as the figure, as the maintenance subindex gets higher, the mature live weight of the heifer or the animal tends to decline. So at a maintenance subindex of 10 euro, that uh, predicts us to give a mature live weight in that animal of around 590 kgs. And 60% of that is 354 kgs, which would be the target breeding weight or pre-breeding weight for a maiden heifer uh, with a maintenance subindex of 10. Now, for maintenance subindex of 0 or 20, the pre-breeding target weight is either 384 or 324, respectively. Kilos, of course, we're talking about. Kilos. 
And then, George, for the scenario of a farmer who's listening in today and they feel that they have heifers who are light and they're not close to hitting that 60 percent in the next month or so. What are your recommendations for those heifers? Good question, Emma Louise. Uh, A couple of years ago, just ourselves at Oak Park, we thought we were doing a really good job and our heifers were on average ahead of the target for time of year until we dug a bit deeper into the data and we found that roughly 20% of what our animals on average were 10 kilos above their target weight for time of year. 20% of the heifers were below optimal uh, weight for time of year. So the same as any farmer who is, um, who is planning and looking at heifers and thinks some of them are on a bit on the light side, what we did then is what, what we need to do now is, is move heifers outdoors quickly to grass, uh, particularly but prioritise grass to the lighter animals, the ones that are below their target weight. Prioritise them for grass. We know from our analysis of the data on the heifer performance at Oak Park that when heifers go to grass early, they, they have the capacity to gain over a kilo of live weight per day at grass. If the weather conditions are poor, grass is in poor supply. Well, if, if grass is, in, in, is limited, uh, then supplementation with uh, something like even rolled barley will, will make a big difference in terms of bo- boosting live weight up to the point of the start of the breeding season. And if there is no grass available at all and heifers have to go indoors, along with a quality silage, two to three kilos of meal targeted towards the lighter heifers will, will boost them on big time before the breeding season starts. For the sake then of mating start date for a lighter heifer, um, you know, should you uh, AI her where she's cycling or should you wait another three weeks? Well, my, my advice is always if the heifer is, is cycling, is to breed her once the breeding season starts. Because the, what, you, what you can do to, um, what you have to do then is breed her to an easy calving AI bull uh, to make sure that she has a, a safe calving. But prior, prioritize such animals if they're still a little bit underweight. Prioritize them for prefer, preferential grazing or a bit of supplementation right throughout the grazing season to help to achieve the target live weights that they need up to the point of calving and make up the difference rather than leave them wait three weeks and not breed the lighter ones for a while. Because our research would show that if we uh, delay the breeding of lighter heifers, uh, obviously they're going to calve uh, later on in the breedings in the calving season the following year, number one. And number two, we know that heifers in particular are slow to uh, become reproductively active after they calve. It takes them almost a fortnight longer than it does in the cow. So by um, breeding them at the normal time, we're just boosting them along to make sure they hit the target subsequently. By doing that, they have, every, they have a much better chance of resuming cyclicity and being ready to go back and calf again for their second uh, lactation. And if we turn our attention to breeding of heifers, many farmers have heifers on outblocks and traditionally for convenience sake would have bred heifers to a stock bull as opposed to uh, I suppose heat detection and AI over um, a number of weeks. I suppose what's your take on this and and the differences that you would see um, for heifers that are bred to AI, I suppose the progeny of heifers bred to AI versus a stock bull? Well we we know that um, people are slow to uh, breed heifers to AI on their out farms. And the reason for that is there's more labor involved in doing it because you have to drive over and back. 
and there's always a fear of missing the heats of some of the heifers that you're trying to breed. So by putting the stock bull in, they consider it a more fail-proof uh, way of getting the heifers in calf because there's, there's uh, someone around who's doing uh, heat detection night and day. The downside to it is we know that typically heifers are the, our best genetics. And secondly, we can select easy calving AI sires to breed those heifers too that also have high EVI. So you're missing out on some of your top genetics and you're missing out on the choice to choose easy calving bulls for those heifers rather than taking a punt on a stock bull who, who may or may not be easy calving subsequently. So the, what I'd recommend for in those situations is to tighten up the heifers with some of the synchronization protocols that are available from your Chagas advisor for use on heifers to ha reduce the amount of work that's involved in heat detection. And the simplest of all is to use prost a prostaglandin treatment uh, about a week after the start of the breeding season and about two thirds of your heifers will need that in that little small injection and it'll bring more, practically all the remaining heifers into season over the next three to four days. So you compact the work associated with heat detection down to about 10 days and really there's no excuse for that not to happen on the out farms. The subsequent repeats then could get uh, be, be given to the stock bull or be, because the receipts are fairly well flustered there's still a second opportunity to use AI on them for the second time as well. And from a, a heifer breeding perspective, um, how long should dairy farmers breed heifers, I suppose, with the intention that these will be milking in your dairy herd next year? Just my own gut instinct on this, Emma-Louise, is that the most fertile heifers you have will probably conceive either to first or second service. And for mo in most cases where there's been good heat detection, a good efficient heat detection going on with a, you know, with a high submission rate and it looks like activity is quietened down. Nine weeks of breeding of the maiden heifers should see practically all of them in calf, all other things being equal. There was a very good, interesting paper written many years ago at this stage, written and it was published in 1999 by a then student at Athen called Lisa Dunn. And in her paper, Lisa looked at the success of a single insemination following uh, a period of either high or low nutrition before AI and then high or low nutrition after AI. And what they found in that research, which was carried out over two years uh, with quite a large number of heifers, what they found from that research was that there was a, a halving in the conception rate of heifers where they, were, they got a shock in terms of a reduction in the nutritional that are being fed immediately after AI for the following fortnight. And sometimes you hear uh, farmers talk about being disappointed with the fertility of their heifers. And I always say, how good was the grazing for your heifers after they were bred? If it was, if it, in some cases there was a shock to the system, maybe the weather turned bad, turned bad for a while around breeding time and the heifers were left a bit pinched. But if that happens, it, it won't augur well for the conception rate that you're likely to achieve the first service. I suppose it's similar with cows. It's that rising and consistent plane of nutrition around the time of breeding. And that nine weeks that you mentioned, that would guarantee that all of your heifers will be calving down in the months of February and March, which will give them time to resume cyclicity ahead of the subsequent breeding season. 
it's a real challenge for a late heifer to come cycling again, a late calving heifer to come cycling again and get back in calf before the end of the breeding season. She's more against her than a cow has. And another point you make um, in relation to breeding heifers is calving difficulty. And I suppose your guidance, George, in relation to identifying the correct bull team for heifers specifically in relation to calving difficulty. Yeah, so the the system has changed uh, radically in the last couple of years. It was um, We always had guidelines about using well-proven bulls for calving difficulty, and we had figures of less than 2% in direct calving difficulty in the old system. But the system has been uh, dramatically improved over the last couple of years by ICBF. And in their improvements, what they now show is they show the calving difficulty for heifers as opposed to the calving difficulty for the cows. Because what they were missing out on in some of the, the analysis that they were doing previously, they were lumping all the calving difficulty figures together. And some bulls uh, were apparently difficult calving, but that was because proportionately more of the calf records put down against them were coming from heifers, who were typically slightly harder to calve than cows. So the new system is very clear. If you look up the on the website, you can find the... Active Bull website on the ICE. The Active Bull is on list on the ICE on the ICBF website, and that will show you uh, the direct calving difficulty on heifers alone, and also will give a recommendation of, of whether the the calving will be low risk, medium risk, or high risk on maiden heifers. And generally, we recommend that you use bulls from the low risk category for maiden heifers. And then, George, in relation to the final breeding question, sex semen, you know, are you re- would you recommend sex semen use within your heifer population in the herd? So I suppose one of the advantages that sex semen would offer to heifers uh, over and above what it will offer to dairy cows is that the likelihood of a difficult calving uh, with a female calf is lower than it is for a male calf. T- typically, they're slightly smaller than their male counterparts. So pushing heifers in calf to sex semen will help to reduce the risk of calving difficulty the following spring. Having said all that, uh, we've got to kind of reflect more on the bigger questions around sex semen. And for me, one of the big ones, well, a couple of big ones, we know from the research that heifers are more fertile, typically than cows, and they're an ideal candidate for using sex semen on. But if you just stand back a little bit further, I suppose the first question I'd ask is, how many heifers do you want to breed for the next generation? So some people will, or maybe they're, just, they're not thinking too much about it and uh, they're just going to use uh, sex semen willy-nilly and end up with a large number of heifers, maybe in excess of what they actually need. So start by asking yourself the question, how many uh, replacement heifers do I want to have next spring? And work back from there and then use sex semen uh, if it's available on some of the heifers particularly the heifers that are what i would call in a cold heat so the ideal heifer to breed uh, to sex semen is a heifer that was uh, standing in standing heat yesterday evening or last night and has is no longer in standing heat and you would breed her the following day to sex semen around 11 o'clock so roughly a third to half of your heifers in that scenario, would be suitable for sex semen. You could, it could be more than that if your AI tech is coming back for a second time during the day and he inseminates the ones that were coming on overnight 
and they're now off standing heat. You go to the IOs in the evening. So yes, use sex semen on your heifers. Use it on heifers that are no longer standing uh, in standing heat and are maybe between 14 and 20 hours after, the, after they started standing heat. So typically, the ones that come on around lunchtime today would be bred tomorrow around 11 o'clock. So you use it on some, and it's quite successfully done that way. Of course, it's combined with excellence around uh, semen handling and uh, heat detection as well. And my final question, George, um, at the outset, we made some reference to the cost of rearing a heifer. Um, you know, there was an estimation in recent years from Chagas of in excess of 1500 euro per heifer across the two years. Um, I suppose we, we've talked a lot and, and there's a lot of conversation about the rising costs of production of a cow for the year. But, you know, there's also, I guess, um, implications for other stock on the farm. So I guess regardless of whether you're rearing your own stock or um, heifers are being reared by a contract rearer, you know, where do you see additional costs lying um, in 2022 in relation to growing young stock? Across the board, costs seem to be on the rise. But within the heifer rearing system, two costs that would stand out in particular are around feed, be it meal or milk replacer. They're, They're jumping dramatically. And secondly, the fertilizer costs have jumped dramatically over the last number of months. <clears throat> Excuse me, 2022 is, is not a year to leave yourself short of silage. So figure out how much silage you want and don't skimp the fertilizer on the silage. The second thing, Emma Louise, I'd say is that the uh, contract rearers, and I engage with contract rearing groups occasionally, uh, they'd open your eyes to the performance that they can achieve using quality grass, uh, so using quality grass silage uh, on their heifers over the winter. So keep, keep a good eye on the quality of the silage that's being made because it can be used to spare the quantity of meals that are needed to keep heifers on target weight over the winter as well. So yes, costs are on the rise, but by making quality silage and by, by putting enough fertilizer out to make grow enough grass, you'll at least minimise the impact uh, on your heifer-earing enterprise. I think there are some great points across the conversation, George. I think the first uh, protocol for people is to take a critical look at their heifers and maybe if there are some light um, stock among the, the group to identify them and separate them and target the good quality grass um, towards them as we head towards the breeding season. Thank you, George. Thanks very much, Emma Louise. That's it for this week's episode of the Dairy Edge podcast. And my thanks to George Ramsbottom for joining me on this week's show. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen on Apple and Google podcasts as well as Spotify. And for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Emma Louise Coffey and join me next time for your Dairy Edge.